Chapter One of Ruth Fielding at the War Front. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Ruth Fielding at the War Front by Alice B. Emerson. Chapter One To Get Acquainted. It was a midwinter day, yet the air was balmy. The trees were bare-limbed, but with a haze clothing them in the distance that seemed almost that of returning verdure. The grass, even in midwinter, showed green. A bird sang lustily in the hedge. Up the grassy lane walked a girl in the costume of the active Red Cross worker, an intelligent-looking girl with a face that, although perhaps not perfect in form, was possessed of an expression that was alluring. Neither observant man nor woman would have passed her, even in the crowd, without a second glance. There was a cheerful light in her eye, and a humorous curve to her not too full lips that promised an uplifting spirit within her, even in a serious mood. It seemed as though this day, and its apparent peace, must breed happiness, although it was but a respite in the middle of winter. The balmy air, the chirrup of the bird, the far-flung reaches of the valley, which she could see from this mounting lane, all delighted the senses and soothed the spirit. Suddenly, with an unexpectedness that was shocking, there was a tremor in the air and the echo of a rumbling sound beneath the girl's feet. The crack of a distant explosion followed, then another, and another, until the sound became a continual grumble of angry explosions, resonant and threatening. The girl did not stop, but the expression of her face lost its cheerfulness. The song of the bird was cut off sharply. It seemed as though the sun itself began drawing a veil over his face. The peaceful mood of nature was shattered. The girl kept on her way, but she no longer stepped lightly and springingly. Those muttering guns had brought a somber cloak for her feelings to her very soul. Somewhere a motor began to hum, the sound came nearer with great rapidity. It was a powerful engine. It was several seconds before the girl looked up instead of along the road in search of the seat of this whirring sound. There shot into view overhead and flying low an aeroplane that looked like a huge flying insect, an enormous armored grasshopper. Only its head was somewhat pointed, and there, fixed in the front, was the ugly muzzle of a machine gun. The airplane flew so low that she could see the details. There were two masked men in it, one at the wheel, the other at the machine gun. The aeroplane swooped just above her head, descending almost to the treetops, the roaring of it deafening the girl in the Red Cross uniform. There was the red, white, and blue shield of the United States painted upon the underside of the car. Then it was gone, mounting higher and higher until, as she stood to watch it, it became a painted speck against the sky. That is the lure of the flying machine, the wonder of it, and the terror tracks the eye and shakes the spirit of the beholder. With a sigh the girl went on up the lane, mounting the hill steadily, on the apex of which, among giant forest trees, loomed the turrets and towers of a large chateau. Again the buzzing of a motor broke the nearby stillness, while the great guns boomed in the distance. The sudden activity on the front must portend some important movement, or why should so many flying machines be drawn toward this sector? 
but in a minute she realized this was not an aeroplane she heard debouching into sight from the fringing thickets came a powerful motor-car its forefront armored she could barely see the head and shoulders of the man behind the steering wheel down the hill plunged the car and the girl quickly stepped to the side of the lane and waited for it to pass the roar of its muffler was deafening in a moment she saw that the tonneau of the gray car was filled with uniformed men they were officers in khaki the insignia of their several grades scarcely distinguishable against the dull color of their clothing how different from the gay uniforms of the french army corps which until of late the girl of the red cross had been used to seeing in this locality their faces were different too gray lean hard-bitten faces their eyebrows so light and sparse that it seemed their eyes were hard stones which never seemed to shift their straight-ahead gaze yet each man in the tonneau and the orderly beside the driver on the front saluted the red cross girl as she stood by the lane side in another half minute the car had turned at the bottom of the hill and was out of sight she sighed again as she plodded on now indeed was the spring gone from her limbs and her expression was weary with a sadness that although not personal was heavy upon her her thought was with the aeroplane and the motor-car and with the thundering guns at the battle-front not many miles away yet she hastened her steps up this grassy lane toward the chateau in quite the opposite direction the sudden stir of the military life of this sector portended something unusual an advance of the enemy or an attempt to make a drive upon the allies works in any case down in the little low-lying town behind her there might be increased need of hospital workers she must before long be once more at the hospital to meet the first ambulances rolling in from the field hospitals or from the dressing stations at the very front she reached the summit of the ridge over which the lane passed to the valley on the west side of the hill the high arch of the gateway of the chateau was in sight coming from that direction walking easily yet quickly was the lean military figure of a young man who switched the roadside weed stalks with a light cane he looked up quickly as the girl approached and his rather sombre face lighted as though the sight of her gave him pleasure yet his gaze was respectful he was handsome keenly intelligent looking and not typically french although he was dressed in the uniform of a branch of the french service wearing a major chevrons as the red cross girl came nearer he put his heels together smartly removed his capi and bowed stiffly from the waist it was not a frenchman's bow the girl responded with a quiet bend of her head but she passed him by without giving him any chance to speak he followed her only with his eyes and that but for a moment then he went on down the lane his stride growing momentarily longer until he passed from you the cry from the direction of the broad gateway ahead next aroused the attention of the girl in the red cross uniform she looked up to see another girl running to meet her this was a short rather plump french girl whose eyes shone with excitement and who ran with hands outstretched to meet those of the red cross girl the latter was some years the older oh mademoiselle ruth mademoiselle ruth fielding cried the french girl eagerly did you meet him ah ruth fielding laughed as she watched the mobile face of her friend the latter's cheeks were flushed with excitement her eyes rolled she was all a quiver with the emotion that possessed her did you see him she repeated 
as their hands met and ruth stooped to press her lips to the full ones of her friend did i see whom you funny henriette asked ruth i am funny demanded henriette Dupé, in an english which she evidently struggled to make clear then am i not nice you are both funny and nice declared ruth feeling hugging the girl's plump body close to her own as they walked on slowly to the chateau gate tell me who was i supposed to see a motor full of officers passed me and an aeroplane over my head oh no 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 cried henriette then in awe major marchand oh is that major marchand oh but yes mademoiselle ruth ah such a man such a figure he is madame the countess's younger son so i understand ruth said he is safely engaged in paris is he not and her tone implied much yes so he said he he must be a very important man mademoiselle or his duty would not keep him there unless the boches succeed in raiding paris from the air he is not likely to get hurt at all this major marchand oh pouted henriette you are so critical but he is what you say so beautiful not in my eyes said ruth grimly i don't like dolly soldiers oh mademoiselle ruth murmured the french girl do not let madame the countess suspect your feelings toward her younger son he is all she has now you know indeed has the older son fallen in battle the young count has disappeared whispered henriette her lips close to ruth's ear we heard of it only lately but it seems he disappeared some months ago nobody knows what has become of him he at least was on the battlefront asked the american girl he is missing probably a prisoner of the germans no he was not at the front confessed the other girl he too was engaged in paris it is understood but hush we are at the gate i will ring don't mademoiselle ruth let the dear countess suspect that you did not highly approve of her remaining son the red cross girl smiled rather grimly but she gave the promise End of chapter 1